Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with uh, head of development at Giant Space Cat, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? Scared. I'm Why so are you scared? What are you scared of? Because Georgia turned into a zombie, and she's on this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm sure that George is a very nice zombie like the woman on iZombie and not a bad zombie like on The Walking Dead. There's no way to be sure. That's George's giggle. It's George's giggle, but it's a shadow of its form. George, so. George is really taking this Bane bit like really to the max. Oh, God, Georgia, don't eat me. George's laugh is like, it's painful now. It's painful to hear it. It sounds oh. a little bit like, who was the, the Snidely Whiplash's dog partner? <laughs> Mut- Muttley. What? I sound... <laughs> He's called me a dog. No, I, called... I love, everyone loves Muttley. <laughs> so See, dog. Steve called you a dog. You eat his brains first. Remember that. <laughs> we so feared dog. you. Which is respectful. Steve called you a dog. <laughs> Motley is a beloved children's cartoon character. Right. No one knows who any of us are, Steve. The listener needs your help. We, we, also, we also have an assistant games editor from Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How are you doing, Maddie? I'm doing pretty good. I love how healthy my larynx is right now. Oh, I really appreciate how smooth my voice sounds. It sounds really great. I don't know why I'm saying this. It's just kind of apropos of nothing. I was just kind of thinking about how, how thankful I am for my health. Yeah. You yeah. sound great, man. You really need to take care of your larynx. I do. I actually do. I do. I haven't lost my voice for a long time. I'm very grateful. <laughs> I heard that people with well taking care of larynxes are like nice people. And people that don't yeah. have that are, are terrible. <laughs> Terrible people. People who don't have that might might also have an affinity for orc slang. Yeah, that's what I heard. Oh my god! Did this reminds me? I'm sorry. There was a post today that I have to find. Somebody's making an orc dating sim. Ooh. Yeah, I want it. I I have to find. I'll find the link and I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, somebody's. I don't know if they're making it or they made it, but I think that that we need a a full review from from Georgia. So I guess I should I should introduce a psychotherapist by day and senior zombie from imore.com by night Georgia Dow. How are you doing Georgia? Hi. <laughs> so so Georgia's been living it up with all of the uh all of the internet uh Illuminati at Ool in Ireland this week and taking lots of pictures and periscopes of infinity pools and uh, roller derby and uh, all kinds of other stuff and having so much fun that she uh, has not preserved her voice for our benefit. I completely have lost my voice. It was, it was amazing though. Well, it was so amazing. I met some of the coolest people, some of the coolest women, but we were up every day. There was like talks, podcasts, and then we would like laugh and play games at night. And, um, this is all that is left of me. <laughs> can, I ask a, can I ask a question, Georgia? Um, yes. So, like, has, like, Ursula been around making any deals with you <laughs> about anything? I still have my flippers, Bree. Okay. Aww. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, intact, like, like but... if, if someone comes and tells you that, like, body language isn't what matters to get, like, a boy, like... Don't fall for it. Don't sign that piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, no matter how catchy the song is that she right. sings. It's like right. the best she song does. in that movie. She so does. Weird. No, Under the Sea is way better. Mm, 
that's all right. Oh, I don't know. I know. I like the other one. Poor Unfortunate Souls is an incredible song. And all of the animation in that movie is really, really good. I rewatched it recently. That movie holds up. The, welcome to Disney cast. <laughs> so, yeah, it does hold up, even after 37,000 viewings. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. There's a whole new ride at Disney about the Little Mermaid. I watched awesome. the entire video that someone took secretly of riding that entire ride, and it was like I was there, and I want to go to Disney, and this is the Disney podcast where I don't go to Disney. You know, Again. I have, I have Again. annual passes, so if you can fake my thumbprint... Like we'll get you a Mission Impossible like thumb. Oh, cool! We just yeah, need some, we just need some latex. Yeah, yeah, that sounds actually a lot easier than me going to Disney in any other way. This if you were like really best... thoughtful, Bree, you would have you would have shaved off your thumbprint so that you know Maddie could use your no, uh, your no, no, annual no, no, pass. No. We can all share. I, I like this latex idea. I, I think we should go illegal with it. I agree. You'd have uh-huh. to cosplay as Bree, though, which means that you know we'd have to oh, get you no, some stilts. That's going to be impossible. You'd need like stilts. Anything. I'm blonde. I'm blonde. I'm short. This has been reiterated to me many times over the course of this week. I always disappoint people by being shorter than they want me to be. (sighs) And then they tell me I'm too tall. We should make a rule that no one's allowed to comment on what we look like when they meet us. What about this, Maddie? What about the next time that happens? You kick them in the shin, and I'll slap them in the face when they do that. It'll just give them like that the would tall, be wildly inappropriate yeah. because it's always said by someone who really likes us, and so there's never like a good way to respond. I think the worst part is when I meet people and they're clearly disappointed, like visibly disappointed <laughs> in how I look, and and then they kind of blame me for it, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like I don't. Anyway, that happened at GDC a lot. A lot of people were like, Oh, you're. A lot shorter than I thought you'd be. Like that was the first thing they said to me, and I was like, "Well, the conversation can go no further." Like I have no. <laughs> You're right. I am. You must be at least this tall to have this conversation continue. You really should just say, "I'm so sorry." That's it, and then and then they'll be like, "No, I didn't mean it like that." I should just start then, crying openly. Oh, that would be brilliant. You should just say, "Well, you know what? I've never given you a thought in my life before this moment, so you know we're even." <laughs> Ooh, whoa. <laughs> wow, that went dark fast, Steve. I'll be like, you're a lot smaller in my mind. <laughs> Wait, it goes the same thing with me because people are always talking about how tall I am. And I'm like, yeah, thanks for noting the thing on Earth I'm most unbelievably self-conscious about. Like, yeah. thanks. I appreciate that. Like, yeah. if there are anything about my looks I could change is how tall I am. And I can joke with it and, like, make a certain kind of peace with it. But it's really, like, just shut up. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to hear it. It, it. It's really uncomfortable for me. Really, anyone you meet, don't comment on their appearance, period. Yeah, it's really not good ever. I completely agree with ever. this. 100% right? I agree yeah. with it. Like, I yeah. don't ever want to hear it. I just don't. And I'm sorry that we're opening with this because <laughs> clearly it makes it sound like we had a terrible trip. And, it, and that's not true at all. That's you definitely know, you not You know, true. I had the same thing kind of for a little while when the twins were, were babies and like everybody will knock over like shelves in the grocery store to go gawk at twins. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, the conversation would always go, oh, well, you know, are they boys or girls? Well, oh, they're both girls. Oh, you must have your hands full. Like, yes, I haven't heard ever heard that one before. Thank you. Yeah. And it's like the same conversation. Like I could I could recite the whole conversation without them even taking part in it by uh, by the time that they were like a year old. You should do that. You should have done that. <laughs> you should have been like, I have my hands full yes. with these two girls. 
Yep. There's not just one, there's two. Yes, they're twins. Yes, they're fraternal. Yes, they're both girls. Yes, I have my hands full. Thank you for, thank you. Now can I go on my shopping? And then now? people are going to think you're rude. And they're going to be like, what's your problem? And you'll be like, shut up. <laughs> you try not sleeping at all for, for a year and see how you do. We're taking a firm stance against pleasantries on this show. <laughs> yeah. This is how what's you handle with it. That, you just go. Boring conversation anyway. Chewy, we're going to have company. <laughs> that's yes. how you do it yes that's how you do it Just he carry... improvised that line didn't he i have no idea but i think he one. did yeah. yeah harrison ford improvised a lot of lines on that set i'm really glad they kept them in because that was before he crashed a plane oh jeez. Yeah. have you read about that why are we talking about this i think i think that people just they're so excited to meet us Mm-hmm. And so it's so hard when you meet like someone that you have listened to and you care about. And so nothing really comes to their mind. So they try to just open with something that's obvious so that they can just speak to us sometimes. We should give them some tips. Here's some stuff you can say. Uh, you can say that you listened to the show or that you read something I wrote and talked to me about that. I'm always happy to talk about my work. Um, anything to do with that, I love yep. to talk about with you. Uh, anything besides what I look like, honestly. Well, as well, or they could compliment your arm cannon, probably, right? They could, yeah. If I'm wearing a costume, you could compliment that, because that's also my work, because I, I made it. I always made it. So that works, too. I I always like it when I meet people, and you know, they kind of talk about their um, uncomfortable panda fantasies. Like, that's, that's <laughs> what I really like to... To leap into you want them to open with, with that? I, said, I do. And I be do. like, I had a dream. I, um, I had some freaky panda thoughts, Brianna, and I would like to talk to you about them. That that just it makes me. It's it's creating a space where we all feel comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm, so right. yeah, 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 absolutely. Should they yeah. should they be wearing a panda costume while they're talking to you? It Ideally. helps. It helps. Okay. I mean, you know, if you have one, and who doesn't? You know, we all do. I got I got to do psychotherapy on on uh, Mike. What on Mike Hurley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it on his iMic show at all. I just thought that I would throw that out there. Watch it. It's Is brilliant. that something we could all tune into later? Yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's They're going to be live streaming it. It's, it's hilarious. Is he okay? I don't think so. He hasn't, he hasn't responded to any of my tweets anymore. I don't blame oh, him. I'm kind of cut off. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you did a great job. I think you did the right thing. <laughs> right. How was, how, was, how was both of you doing your talk? Yeah. How, how, was, how was Northern Iowa? Was it lovely this time of year? It was actually. It was very flat, but you could actually see the stars at night, which I thought was was lovely. Um, yeah, I think I think our talks went well. I I I don't know. I I I guess there's going to be a video of them so people can check them out. And I was going to try to have the text of my talk up on my site. Hopefully, I'll have that together by the time this show is out, so people can read it if they'd rather do that. Go ahead. Uh, I guess I was just going to say, um, you know, we had kind of a. I'd say a mega fan of the show. Adam uh, picked us up and arranged mm-hmm. it all, and he was just unbelievably nice to us. Mm-hmm. And, he got me know, a panda stuffed animal. <laughs> oh, yeah, and and had just you know who's a he, it's it's always so strange when because my first reaction when people listen to the show is like 
really? <laughs> yeah, me too. Which is probably not how we should be reacting. We should probably be reacting with like kindness and thanks. Right. Right. This is like this is this is the part where we admit that like apparently Bree and I have no idea how to have <laughs> social skills because I also react by being like, "What?" Like we found out that Patrick Klepek listens to the show, and I had no idea that he did. That was my funny. literal reaction to him in, in the back of uh, both Adam's of car. us were. Like, like what? what? Patrick <laughs> Record scratch noise. Yeah, yeah. Skirt. No, uh, you know, I guess it's it's kind of frustrating. I think I would say because yeah, you know, we got to Northern Iowa, and you know, I have to say it was. Yeah, Maddie, I feel much closer to you and Samantha and Patrick after that trip. I mean, you know, we had some really substantive talks about yeah, you know, who we are as people and, you know, where we're going. And then it's like, um, you know, the article about our trip comes out today. And, you know, what's the tone of the article? It's like... Um, you know, I'll just I'll just read the opening paragraph. University of Northern Iowa police officer Jeff uh, Teert paced the corridors of Lang Hall on Tuesday evening, his eyes flicking from one face to the next as young men and women filled the auditorium. He was there to protect Brianna Wu. She will not speak in the United States without security, he said. It's terrible, but it has to be that way. And that just goes into, like, Gamergate and how, like, visibly drained I am. And, you know, it's just like, here we are again with like the woman that is being terrorized you know and you know it has one quote at the end from you maddie in in the midst of what i thought was a very inspirational speech and then what's the one quote they take from you like we really need you we need you desperately i personally would love for you to try to be in the game industry and you know all of that's accurate but it's just like i don't feel like that really summarizes what this trip was do you know what i mean i do i do and um, I mean, I thought I tried re- specifically to give a talk that was inspirational because I was I was telling you I was thinking about like what I needed to hear at that age. And um, yeah. I really needed somebody to tell me that it was possible. And so I tried to give the speech about how you could go about being in the games industry as opposed to what happens instead, which I, I think is a lot of focus on what's hard about it. And that's important, too. But um, I think that that's not the whole story. You know, because there are a lot of things about my job that give me joy. And I feel like that's worth sharing with people, too, without, you know, lying. <laughs> so I, I tried to have um, my goal of my speech was like to give a speech that would make the men in the audience really uncomfortable and make the women in the audience really inspired. And I was like, I, I wonder if I can walk that line. Um, and I hope I did it. But, yeah, I do. I do think that the coverage of this stuff tends to really oversimplify it and just focus on the harassment in, I would say like a voyeuristic way that makes yeah. me really uncomfortable. And, um, well, that imagine it... how it feels when it's you, I mean, it's that much worse, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I don't like it when people do that with things that happen to me. So I, I can only imagine how you feel to see it. And I, it, I feel like it's really, really valuable to talk about harassment, but I also don't like, what then happens next from people who've never been harassed before, like how they react by being emotionally manipulative about covering it and like very sensationalist as opposed to realistic about it and what it's actually like. And that's can be harmful, I think. And it devalues the it devalues the contributions that you're making like outside of that. Yeah. Like I would rather people talk about like the work that we do in spite of the harassment as opposed to just being like, can you believe they're getting harassed? And it's like, well, that's not the whole story, you know? 
the, the second half of that sentence is, and they're working on this cool stuff. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, one of the things I, I've had no sleep today because I had to get up and, um, you know, did a documentary for the BBC all day. Mm-hmm. And um, what I really appreciated about it is they didn't really focus on that. Oh, that's great. They they kind of focused more on the overarching problem of this. Um, you know, something I feel very strongly is I think there's a, a kind of I think toxic activism is a mm. really serious problem, um, you know, for people on the left, including my side. And I think that, um, you know, call out culture. And I think that, you know, this kind of ideological purity where, you know, if you don't subscribe to every single belief and act in like the most careful way possible. Do you know what I mean? Like if you have anything outside of this one belief system, um, people will just enjoy tearing you apart. And I think it's a a huge problem. And I think we all need grace with each other. Like when we, you know, not only to be our own people, but more grace when we fail. And, you know, what I appreciated about this BBC um, documentary that I did was it was um, a lot more about the human nature problem with that rather than let's put a camera in this woman's face and enjoy her suffering. So mm. I'm really looking forward to that. Cool. And if that video is up, then we can try to find it. And yeah, to I it. was going to ask if there's video of, of either of your talks. They said it's going to be a, uh, two weeks, one week to two weeks. Okay, so, so we can always link it in the show notes from wherever show is out after that comes yep. out, too. Um, and Georgia, was there any video of your talk? At, I saw I saw some of the pictures from your talk at Wool. Was there any video of that? Or there's a full video of uh, I did a talk. It was on motivation and um, tips of how to get yourself motivated if you're stuck and what kind of often can stop us from becoming motivated, depending on your personality type. Huh. And wow, um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was actually really exciting to be able to do a talk like that at a tech conference. Um, which was really nice. And then after I got to do, well, it was absolutely fabulous. Like the people there were so kind and open that after I did a group, a therapy session, I opened in a room to let people talk about their own, like something that was more personalized. And I thought I'd have maybe eight people because, you know, it was a huge conference, but that's something that's very intimate. And there was like 40 people that came together to share all of their, their different personality types and what happens and what works and what doesn't. And that won't be, that isn't taped. It was private, but the talk itself um, will be out and you can, you can check out their website and they'll be having all of the videos of all the talks, which were pretty phenomenal um, and a lot of fun to get to do. So that should be up at some point. Yeah. I mean, everything, everyone that has been tweeting incessantly from Ireland has been, seemed like they're having a really great time and really learning a lot. So it seems like a really great conference. It was, it was really, I I was definitely feeling, uh, missing out while I was watching all those tweets, but you know, what are you going to do? Well, next time you should year, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before we get into talking about video games, uh, just want to mention, this is our last show on five by five. Um, again, we want to just take a minute to, you know, thank five by five and, and Dan for, you know, everything that they've done for us over the last uh, nine months, I think. Just want to let you know that um, I should have a post in the show notes by the time that this episode is live, uh, pointing to the new feeds and how to resubscribe, which we recommend. Again, they're going to be repointing the feeds, but if you want to be sure, you probably want to make sure to resubscribe, especially if you're on the five by five master feed. And uh, we'll have a link to our our new uh, our new page on Relay FM that you'll be able to go to as well. So, 
Can I just take a beat and say thank you so much, Dan, for giving us a shot on your network? I mean, I, I really mean this. And, you know, um, I just want to stress this, you know, it's amiable for everyone involved. And, um, you know, like, we just need to go do our own thing. But, um, you know, we just, uh, we, we've grown our audience over this time, um, you know, we've met wonderful five by five people. And, you know, I just I really want to stress as we're kind of sailing off to new seas. Um, you know, we we love five by five. I listen to you know podcasts on this network every week. And, um, you know, I just um, I, I really want to thank Dan from the bottom of my heart for, you know, giving us a shot over here and letting us grow our show. And, um, yeah, I hope I run into him in a conference sometime to buy him a drink. Yeah, I mean, we were a really, really new, really raw show when they picked us up. And, I mean, we yeah. really mm-hmm. – we, we benefited from, you know, being being a part of this network. And, and we did, you know, definitely enjoy our time here. And we have nothing but good things to say about it. Yep. So. Yeah, absolutely. It meant a whole lot to me to be part of 5 by 5 Yeah, me too. I mean, it's definitely something that I wouldn't – you know, a year ago I wouldn't have thought was even, you yeah, know, Yeah, I never would have even imagined that I would be part of this show. I I am just honored to have been part of all the different steps that we've taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love you guys. <laughs> it's been a heck of a Aww. ride so far, and I'm looking forward to what we're going to do. I mean, next next episode is actually our 50th episode. So. Oh, really? Whoa, we've got no to a way. special episode. And it's also our first episode on Relay? Really? Yeah. yeah. What? That's so strange. Yeah, I know. It just kind of worked out that way, so... It's going to be... Uh... We should have pretended that we did that on purpose. Now everybody knows we didn't plan it. We did plan it! Ha! <laughs> and we're also making a pie. Maybe I'll just make a pie. You should make a pie I'm and bring it to my pie. house and let my let my children eat it. No, you live too far away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Video games. Mm. That was too much effort. I'm going to have to eat all the pie, Steve. I'm really sorry. Well, you know, I, 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 I figured as much. <laughs> just enjoy the pie for me is all I ask. I'll take a picture of it. Oh, all right, so uh, we have let's let's start off with some fu on Bloodborne. Woo! I actually played this game this week. <laughs> oh, did you? So do I you want to do you, before before we go into any other fu? Do you want to no, talk about? I mean, like, like this is Bree's topic. I just crashed it by screaming and then saying that I played it. I already told Bree about how I played it. I guess I can put that here instead of what we're playing and talking something else there. Um, I a friend of mine got Bloodborne over the weekend. And he asked Zach and I if we would come over and break it in with him. And I was like, okay, this is clearly evidence of the fact that I'm never going to dodge the bullet that is Bloodborne. Like, it's impossible. Eventually, I have to play it, no matter what. So we went and we played it for many hours. And um, by the time we decided that we had to stop playing it, uh, my friend told this joke about how we should have taken a, taken a video of, of our Let's Play, except that the video had just been of our faces and our body language throughout us playing this game. Because, like, we all came in and we sat on the couch and we were, like, really, really freaking excited. And we were like, yeah, Bloodborne, yeah, we're going to do this. And then, like, over the course of several hours, it was just our bodies would just crush further and further in the couch. <laughs> and, like, every three deaths, we would switch the controller and then just, like, like by the end my friend was literally lying on the floor in just abject despair at how bad we all were at this game but we tried really really hard and i do understand that the fact that this game is really alienating is exactly what people like about it and um some people really enjoy being alienated 
and I'm trying to be understanding about it. <laughs> I'm really working on it, everybody. I'm working really hard on it. And anyway, the video would have concluded with the phrase, you died in red Times New Roman text at the top of the screen, because that happens in this game every two seconds. With long load times. Times New Roman. Why did they pick Times New Roman? Can I at least take that to task, Bloodborne fans? <laughs> Why do you all like Times New Roman so much? That's the default font. It's like they didn't even try to change the font. I'm sorry, but I think that's weird. Okay, someone else can talk. Wow, well, I, did, I didn't expect font pedantry to be the, what your main criticism of the game. I don't know. If you played it or looked at a Let's Play and you saw what the You Died um, text looked like, I think you would agree that it looks very odd in, in that particular font and size. So can we get to the FU? Can yes, go please. Ahead. Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, Georgia, are you able to give me a beatbox this week? Oh, boy. Do we need to pass that on to Maddie? <laughs> a zombie beatbox? The... No, no, of course I can. Okay, let's do it. All right, I have a message out there for everyone that harassed me all week on Twitter over my Bloodborne comments. <laughs> F you! F you! <laughs> Machine. This is good. I like this a lot. I, I think it's a little Boy, more disturbed than anything else. But anyway, no, 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 no. Disturbed is apparently pro gamer game. Oh, are they? As oh, terrible as that is. But Rage Against the Machine never would be. Those guys are great. In my mind, they're on my side. They're the original social justice. They warriors. actually are. They actually are. People who like them should look up okay. stuff about that. I I have to talk about this. Okay. So before we start, I'm going to say just for the hundredth millionth time this week, if you like Bloodborne, that's freaking fine, man. If you like Bloodborne, <laughs> that's great. Like Bloodborne, I'm happy. Hey, do you like Bloodborne? That's okay. Awesome. <laughs> but Bree, okay. what if I don't believe you? What if I think you're judging me for right. playing it? <laughs> but when we're critiquing Bloodborne, we're critiquing two primary things. The first thing is a game media system, which we have been critiquing on this show for 49 freaking episodes now, that is so monoculture and is all built for the very same kind of player. So the truth is, like, it is this one kind of game journalist that is, like, reviewing this game and loves this game. The problem is not that any one person loves this game. We are critiquing the system that rewards a game that 99.99999% of the population cannot play or enjoy. Bree, you're starting to get southern I'm on sorry. us. I love it. It's like That's how angry she is. <laughs> no, I love it. Don't say sorry. So, Maddie, just to sum up, what did I just say? Like, am I critiquing Bloodborne? I <laughs> think you're saying that anybody who plays Bloodborne is a terrible person. Is that, <laughs> that what you That is the point I just <laughs> saying? So the second point of my F you! <laughs> uh, I can't wait till John Syracuse hears how we've, how we've completely, uh, oh, you know, no. twisted F you. John, don't write in. Don't email us. We're not sorry. No, I'm not sorry. The second <laughs> part of my F you is, look, I am not critiquing anyone that likes the game. I am critiquing the kind of elitism. And 
there is there's a lot of the conversation around Bloodborne that's filled with people that define themselves like their personal identity is defining themselves as a gamer. Like that is what they base their identity in. And they kind of have a contempt for casual gamers. And, you know, like we called out a journalist who actually wrote an apology this week about this um, for, you know, the comment that Bloodborne says treats you like an adult with the implication being that other games treat you like a child. And we're critiquing the kind of toxic gamer attitudes that, like, have this air of smug superiority about it. So just again, to say this, the problem is not if you like Bloodborne. The problem is a press that, like, praises it, and the problem is a, a gaming culture that looks down on people that can't play Bloodborne. Those are the two systematic problems that we're addressing. Now... Yeah, we hung out with Patrick Klepek all week. He is someone that beat Bloodborne and has had a lot of good things to say about it. And I am going to sit down and give this game a fair shake. But, you know, I stand by those two criticisms of the culture. So, I mean, does anyone else have any follow-up on that? There ha- we have to be able to talk about a game without people getting so invested that they take that personally. Like, just because we have a problem with the game or we have a problem with the way that the game is portrayed doesn't mean that it's not that anybody doesn't respect anybody's right to play whatever they want. I mean, if we can respect people playing Candy Crush, we can respect people playing Bloodborne. You right. know what I mean? And, and it's just honestly, people can barely respect other folks for playing Candy Crush. Like we are not even at that level. Like I wish we were, but people are so condescending about that still. I'm saying the four of us. No, I oh, I know that. I know that. I just yeah. I, know. I get what you're saying. I just <laughs> George is a self-hating Candy Crush player. Not just... even though, Bree, because as I recall, you were pretty into Candy Crush soda yourself. And I'm <laughs> definitely not gonna judge you for that at all. At all. At all. And like Boom, I... gotta go. um no it's fine i just i i feel like as gamers we are not at the level yet where we can respect people for liking different things which is absurd because there's so many different kinds of games out there and all of the people who play them are gamers why is that so hard and i guess the other thing is just you know to think about is this what the direction that we want triple a to be going down it's i think it's a fair question because it seems like (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't yeah exactly and and it seems like you know it's it seems like if this is that much of a of a smash i mean this is going to be something that other companies are going to copy i mean the triple a is a copycat culture if something works they're going to go after it so this is something that we're going to probably see a lot more of in AAA. And it's it's valid to question whether that's good for the long-term viability of, of console gaming, really. Because oh, people are going to hate me for saying this. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't care. Okay. I feel like Bloodborne and the Souls games and like the culture that has arisen around them is like the logical extremist conclusion of what people are responding to when they say they don't like hotline miami or they don't like call of duty it's like people are like oh those games feel alienating to you those games feel exclusive to you well we're just gonna dive even deeper down that rabbit hole and just like be into the most alienating exclusive experience possible and like i do get that there are people who like it and it's fine i've played every call of duty i get it but like you can't you you just have to realize when you're being rude to people who don't like it and like what that rudeness stems from and like what you're really 
mad about because I actually do think it, it does come back to the thing that we critiqued on last show about games for adults and the implication that um, other games aren't really hard, which is BS too. Like, you know, it's, it, there are plenty of other games that are that are really hard that aren't this style that aren't like 3d action adventure shooting a dude and swinging a sword at a dude like like the fact that this has become a symbol of of difficulty in games is strange to me too because like crossy road is really freaking hard you know it's just a different kind of hard yeah i mean even like rayman legends is a really difficult game too there's a lot of different kinds of difficulty but this is the only kind of difficulty that's respected as yes like the official the official like gamer culture approved version of difficulty yeah that you know that if you can't do this then you're not you know you know then you're not really you know able to to hang and that's that's kind of the problem like i don't understand why this particular kind of difficulty over something like I don't know, like, like even like a thousand one spikes or something like that, like doesn't get that same type of like, that's a very different kind of, of very hardcore difficulty that nobody, you know, that doesn't get this kind of same kind of. It doesn't, it doesn't like only this specific kind of difficult game is getting respected for that matter. Yeah. I mean, like there's some of this culture around Spelunky, I think like yeah, a little bit more that that's that's less of a good example because there is some of that culture around it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that these cultures spring up with different games. Like I, I for me, I compare it to like the fighting games community can can have like this very um, condescending attitude about people who think that those games are too hard, even though they're too hard in a completely different way. And um, I guess I would just say if that's what you're being rude about, just like look at why that's what you're thinking and just really evaluate whether that should be something that's important to you because you might just be a jerk. Georgia, I have a question for you as a psychologist, and, and this isn't a joke. Um, you know, when, when I think about me and, and who I am and how I define myself, like I define myself as a gamer, but I also define myself as an athlete, a leader, you know, I, I define myself as a wife. Like, being a gamer is not the end-all, be-all of my identity. And, you know, as much as I love Final Fantasy, I don't base my identity in it. Um, so I guess my question is, like, truly, is it healthy for you to base, like, a large part of who you see yourself as as a gamer? Is, is that a healthy attitude? Because I think a lot of people do that in this industry. You know, it's. Um, I, I think it's a really good point, and I think that that's exactly what's happening with this game. I, and I don't. I don't think that in and of itself it's a bad thing. I think that it's just not a healthy thing in the long term. We there's there's extrinsic forms of of finding out who you are as a person, and then there's intrinsic forms of who you feel as a person. And and you gave some internal characteristics of where you are. We like there's a lot of people that play these games, and they become part of the game, and so. They want to see the game as being, you know, adult and tough and hardcore because those are probably the characteristics that they want to imbue into themselves as well. And so they play a game that because it's so difficult, because it's so brutal, because so many people aren't able to keep at it and they are, it makes them feel stronger and tougher and more able to handle life situations. The problem is, is that it is an outside source of that. That doesn't actually create that inside of you. And so when you take that game away, it's an enmeshment, right? Like you need that to feel safe. And when that's changed or threatened, like we ta- spoke on the last show, 
they feel upset about that because this is who I am. So you attack this game that, you know, carries all of the things that I want to be, then you're attacking them. And no, it's really not healthy for our own psychology in any way, shape or form. I'm not actually even talking about gaming. You know, any, and when I was, I did my talk on motivation, I talked about extrinsic forms of motivation, which are horrible because they can go and intrinsic forms of motivation that if you can, you know, validate and, and help grow inside of yourself, they're self-fulfilling. Once you get that working, you're good to go on your own. So if your source of dopamine and happiness and escape is a video game, any video game, my time on Candy Crush included, go ahead, you can mock me. Um, it's not healthy for you because you take that away and then you go through a mild form of depression. Yeah. I I guess that would really explain why, you know, I was thinking about this this week that, you know, to me, I, something I've really noticed is when you have any other attitude about video games, other than being a cheerleader, that gets you harassed. It gets you, Mm -hmm. it gets people really, really angry. And yeah, you know, yeah, something something I've been talking about is I, I sat down for um, for a chapter I'm working on um, in a book, and I, I wanted to find out what the the actual what gaming actually does to you, like what we know scientifically about what it does to you, and you know, so I started reading a bunch of studies about it, and what I found is yes, there's no correlation between playing video games and violence, but there is a correlation between um, having stunted empathy. And playing yeah. video games. Desensitization. Um, desensitization. There is a correlation between slowed social development in video games. Right. Not to say you can't right. catch up on that later. So, right. But you in know, that I, one, if I just can say a second. Please, just, please, just please. To, yeah. to explain that. Yeah. yeah. The, the stunted social skills is not actually because of the video games itself. It's because the people that play games and play them a lot are not socializing. And right. socializing, even in a game... You're missing all of the visual cues. And so we have a whole generation of people that are not great with making eye contact, paying attention, being able to carry on a conversation. And the more that you don't practice a skill, the worse you become at it. And during your years of development, when you're supposed to learn these skills, we are some some people are not getting enough time to practice that. So it could be other things as well, like video games can be one. It could be a whole bunch of other stuff as well, though. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is I I think that it's not healthy for us as a culture to be really unwilling to look in the mirror and talk about this stuff. It's mm-hmm. not good for anything. Like, right. think about companies that die. I mean, you know, I think Microsoft is moving in a good direction now, but I think, like, the unwillingness to look in the mirror, like, what was, um, you know, Steve Ballmer's reaction when the, the iPhone came out? Like, he laughed at it. You know, it's not good politically. You know, any political movement that's unwilling mm-hmm. to, like, look at itself and critically evaluate it, it, it becomes extremist pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, it's not good in a marriage. It, it's not good in a friendship. And I just, it, this kind of extremism about gaming where we get so defensive about it, and I, I do think Bloodborne is a fantastic example, is just not healthy for anyone involved with it. It's it's kind of funny because um, I felt that I was worried actually when I wrote my my piece on video game uh, 
excessive use on video games with your children or how to monitor it and mediate that. Um, because I was really worried that I was going to get a whole bunch of people. Like when you take away something or, or say that you should mediate the amount of time you spend on something that people really love. Like for some people, this is their sanctuary. It's their escape. It's their only perhaps source of like a dopamine reaction because they're not going out in the world. It's, it's their cave that they get to go to when they need to decompress. And I think that we, we can often do exactly what you're saying, Brie, is that we put something on a pedestal and we become dependent on it. It becomes our, like, you know, our addiction, our whatever we need to feel okay. And then the thought of not just mediating it or saying that maybe we should do less or we should look at what kinds of effects on it can cause a hugely strong reaction. Just like if you tell someone, that they should, you know, stop drinking or they shouldn't smoke, you will get a really strong reaction, even though probably somewhere, like if they've done the studies and taken a look, they could say, you know what, there's good and bad with everything. We should be radically responsible and tr- totally honest with ourselves so that we can deal with things the best way that we know how. Yeah. And I mean, just to kind of piggyback on that a little bit, I mean, there was a kerfuffle this week in, I believe in the UK, where there was a school system that sent a letter home to children that if or sent a letter home to parents rather that if they if they found out that the child their children were playing 18 rated games that they were going to report them to whatever the equivalent of social services is in the UK and and there was obviously you could imagine what the reaction was to that and there was this really great editorial in Eurogamer today that talked to the teachers and talking about there it sounds like it's a third grade teacher who was primarily responsible for this who also is loves games uh him or herself but saying that like some of these parents are letting the children play games like five nights at freddy's and they're coming in and they're falling asleep in class because they're so scared from what they've seen that they that they're staying up the night all night and they're not able to sleep and so they're coming in the next day and and that's that's got to be doing some damage just even you know, and then, I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, the same thing that we've been talking about. But right. that that type of thing where they're playing games that, you know, are just of, of material that they're not ready for and that and that's kind of damaging them psychically. Right. I, I, I don't know, though, about like I, and I, I think that every parent should take a look at what their kids are playing or play with them or, or deal with it. You know, Five Nights at Freddy's for some kids, it, it's not going to bother them at all. And for other kids, it depends on what your triggers are. I don't know about them calling social services on their parents. I think yeah. What they said. What they said is that they didn't really want to do that. That was just a way to get the parents' attention. Really, I know, but I don't think that we should use fear. I think we should use education. I don't think we should be punitive to parents that may not know better. I think that we should educate instead. They actually addressed that too, and they said that they've been trying that for a long time, and that and that there's no, you know, that they're not getting through. And this was their like kind yeah. of a last ditch well, effort. Well, you can for do them the to same thing through. with movies, though, right, Steve? Like you know, a lot of kids watch movies that they probably shouldn't be watching, doing the exact same amount of damage. There's a little bit more interactivity with with a video game, so you know more. Um, I, I just don't like the, the thought of social services. Yeah. Is always no, I don't either. I I'm, just, be, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I'm agreeing but with I, you. I totally agree yeah. with your point yeah. of, you know, we should be responsible for what are our kids consuming. We should take care of what are they eating? What are they sticking in their, their eyeball? What are they sticking in their brain? It, it's kind of important, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, kids are always sticking stuff in their eyeballs. So you got to keep, they, and up their nose. keep and track of you, it. You would not believe... I wouldn't believe, and that's good. You know, that's a good thing that I don't know about that. 
I, I think this is the only time I could really do the Batman voice. I'm sorry. It's, I know it's really <laughs> off topic, but it's just... No, it's the perfect me. timing. It's oh, yeah. last episode Wait, on 5 by 5 Let me try. Yeah. And you know what the best part of this is that I get to look at Renee. I'm actually going to take a photo of him right now. He's, he, he's here in my room. And so he's going to get to hear this, and I'm going to say it, and I'm not saying the right... I know, Brie, you're against me on this now, but I'm not going to say the right term because now it's a thing. Okay? Ready? <laughs> So you should be periscoping his reaction is what you should Are be you doing. Are you videoing yeah. it? Okay, let me, you let make me. a vine of it. Well, I'm, gonna just take a, I'm just going to take a picture. There we go. He's he's none too pleased. I'll tweet it out after. You'll have to look backwards on my timeline. Okay, ready? Ready? Here I go. Here I go. That's probably going to be worse. Fear me. Wow. <laughs> Renee. <laughs> here, Renee. Come over here. Can Do we, it get, right. we got go ahead, Renee. Renee yeah, on get the Renee show. doing it. Yeah, here get Renee on the show. Swear to me. <laughs> oh, there we go. You see, that was Renee doing it right. That was good. Uh, that was that pretty, was pretty good, good. good. Okay, everyone can vote, and, and you can vote if mine was better than Renee's. It, it, so we're going to vote if George's was good or if Renee's was bad, right? right? You can just, right, you can just, that's yeah. exactly right. Bat, Those are the only two options. Hashtag Batman, and then you can put down Renee or, or Georgia. That's it. That's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely nothing else under the Batman ha- hashtag. That's it. It's just our show. <laughs> just our show. So let's move on to a happier topic. Um, so Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct yesterday. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of news uh, beyond the fact that they're going to be uh, bringing N64 and DS games to the Wii U, which is actually interesting. I have to say something here, Steve, that yeah. you, I like Mandy and I were over in Iowa. So you said there wasn't much news. And I'm just like, okay, well, then we won't cover it. Um, then... Like, some people were complaining about, like, I made a comment how I heard there wasn't much news, and I looked into it, and I feel like there's a lot of news. Uh, you know, I think that what I what it, there was was that most of it was dates for games that we'd already seen. Um, there was a lot of Amiibo news, which I, isn't really anything that we would... It, it did not that so much that there wasn't anything, not that there wasn't a lot of news, but nothing that really seemed like it was something that we would need to discuss, is what I... Is, what i was saying but okay yeah i mean i think that there was a lot of a lot of it was dates for games that we already knew about there was a trailer for fire emblem which looked moderately interesting but it looks like it's a little bit far away and none of us are really big fire emblem fans anyway well i mean can i go through here and talk about some of the things i thought were sure cool sure go ahead. Not? i go mean ahead. you know i think that n64 and ds games going to the wii u that's pretty awesome news. that is a big deal yeah and i mean you know you can go get uh for your wii u right now both six super mario 64 which i haven't played awesome. since for a long time and yoshi's island ds um, they're coming out with downloadable characters for Super Smash, which I didn't know they were going to do. Like, you can go get Mewtwo right away. Well, that was known because the Mewtwo thing's been been known for a while. Okay. That they were going to be doing Mewtwo. But and then they announced that Lucas. And Lucas, yeah. 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 Um, let's see, what else? The Amiibo thing, I don't think the Amiibo is really a... Um, I, I, I I think that that idea is more about their monetization yeah. than the fun I personally can have with that. But I thought that the um, the Mario Kart uh, you know two hundred CC mode I think that that's really interesting. And I was watching um, gameplay videos of it, and it looks like super hardcore like Mario Kart. Like it is cool. blindingly fast. It's really interesting. Amazing. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were excited about the Animal Crossing tracks, obviously. But again, that's something that we knew about. We just found out what date it was coming out. So it was Maybe like, you knew about yeah. it. I had no idea because I don't follow yeah, Nintendo Steve News Yeah, Steve apparently follows much. a yeah. lot more Nintendo news than we thought. He checks his friends, his, uh, his exes. But I forgot that you guys don't follow Nintendo as semi-obsessively as I do. So that's... I thought I thought you and Nintendo broke up. I didn't know you were still stalking yeah, your ex, dude. Yeah, come on, dude. Steve. I thought you were... Yeah. Well, you know, I, I still have to keep, I, I, you know, it's like, it's like following your ex on Facebook. You yeah, know? yeah. I don't do that. I'm a healthy person. <laughs> well, I'm not. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But, fair um, enough. but yeah, so the, the one thing that was, that was kind of interesting is that they were opening up a forum to suggest characters for the next Smash Brothers game or not enough for the next Smash Brothers game for DLC for the current Smash Brothers game. So they're going to be adding more characters as time goes on. And they had a forum where people could suggest uh, characters for the Smash Brothers game. So I guess that opens that up to who would you want to see in a Smash Brothers game that is not there already? Vanessa Z! Vanessa Z! Vanessa Z from Piano 3. I love her so much! I want her in this game. Is that a Nintendo franchise, though? Well, it's it's a GameCube exclusive. It oh, was, was it? Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a GameCube exclusive. So, um, you know, not really a, a total Nintendo franchise. But um, I don't know. Like, they they put Vanessa from Piano 3 in Resident Evil 4 mods. And Maddie, they put her in Super Street Fighter 4 mods, too. <laughs> so I think she would be great. I was also, like, I was going, like, what obscure, awesome women characters can we bring into yeah. this? And I started thinking about Captain N. Like the '80s cartoon and like getting Mother Brain. Oh wow! Like you know, Captain M, Mother Brain. You know they have that Mother Brain assist in the game, but it would be really cool if you could play as her for sure. That would be like a like almost like a Shuba Gorath from Marvel vs. Capcom two type of character, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be really great. Um, I I would love to see Mother Brain or or Ridley in there. Uh, that would be about really Princess cool. Princess Lana, Princess Lana would be great. Sure. I mean, I, I saw a lot of yeah. people saying Bayonetta, which will never happen. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> see that happening. <laughs> but it just the special attacks awesome. alone would push it up to an M rating. I but. know they would. That's why they wouldn't <laughs> right, do it. Right, they would right. have to just give her like a really limited move set. She could be all she could be all. Pixelated. Yeah, they could just censor Same it out. <laughs> well, I mean, we were talking, you know, at the live show about, you know, Mega Man and Roll. It would be great to see Roll. Oh, in the I'd game be neat too. to see Roll there. That'd yeah. be really, really cool. I mean, again, Roll was in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, so it's not exactly a stretch to have her in another fighting game. It's true. Uh, it'd be cool even if she were just an alternate for Mega Man. I would accept yeah. that. I'm willing to accept the bare minimum when it comes to <laughs> stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, they do that with the villager where you have the male and female villager. So, I mean, there's no reason that she couldn't just be in all costume for Mega Man too. That would be fine, too. One more is that I, I think it's weird that they never put Tetra in the game from uh, Wind Waker and, and all the other Zelda alternate versions yeah especially because Sheik is a separate character i know they already have Sheik, and they already have like toon link so i've always thought it was weird that they didn't have tetra because she has such a cute costume yeah and she's so cool yeah or dixie kong for that matter too yeah yeah pink bomberman that'd be sweet i mean i don't know why these things aren't already there it's weird to me i mean even again even as alt costumes it seems i mean they're they're also releasing costumes for the Miis to be able to dress up your me as some of these characters like they're Releasing like a Mega Man X and Proto Man costumes for the Miis, which is, is, I mean, but you still have to play as the Mii, which is a little bit less exciting. But, Mm -hmm. you know, even so, I guess. Not the same. It's not the same thing, no. Yeah. Does it look like you're me, but in the costume? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cute. 
I thought your Justin Bailey cosplay, I was thinking about that and how cool Justin Bailey uh, Samus would be. Like, I know it's kind of, you know, Zero Suit Samus, but it's kind of not at the same time. It would be cool if they had that as an alternate instead of the alternates that they did choose, which are, um, they have her in sort of the the sports bra and shorts outfit, which is kind of what she wears at the end of some other Metroid games. Like Fusion, she kind of has an outfit like that. Uh, so I think that's why they picked it, although nobody knows that, so everybody got really mad anyway. But um, yeah, I've always thought that Justin Bailey Samus outfit was like actually a pretty practical outfit for her to wear under her suit. So I've, I like that costume a lot. I wore it to PAX just so that I had another excuse to wear it besides the one episode that we filmed where I got to wear it. Um, yeah, it's a cool outfit. Her butt is really not there's a lot of there's a lot missing from the back side of, of zero suit of, of the justin bailey Is yeah just... i think that's just fan art okay, <laughs> okay. in the actual Sorry. game it's a, like a She's real full... leotard like 80s style leotard because that was what women wore to work out in the 80s in 1987 they would just wear a leotard which is pretty yeah. funny. And then the music from the Terminator 1 club scene, a film you haven't seen, Steve, was playing. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was just techno-ar. It's yeah. funny because I was playing Smash with the twins the other day. And they randomly both – they've decided that they're both going to play as the same character because they're twins. Mm-hmm. So they both picked Zero Suit Samus and I was very yeah. excited. And then – except they both picked Zero Suit Samus in like the sports bra and, and short shorts in different colors. Like, Don't worry about that. I mean, like, I was just talking you know, to somebody like, about that's this. that's fine like, with it. It's like, just, you know. That is closer to what you would actually wear to exercise than the absurd zero suit, which I have worn many times and which is a completely impractical item of clothing. Like, why are the gloves attached to the sleeves? That makes no sense. I don't <laughs> know why they designed it that way. Because then you can't take them off. I, I can't. I can't use my phone is the real problem. As soon as I put on the zero suit, I can't use my phone. And it's really annoying. If we film Samus and Sagat for several hours, it's like I've gone completely off the grid. I can't use my phone at all. It's kind of amazing. It's like what Canadians do in the winter. We use our nose. I can open my phone with my nose, but then what? Then what do I do? Well, you you use Siri. Really yeah, I guess too. so. I could start using yeah. Siri more. It'd be cool to get like Nurse Joy and Officer Jenny from Pokemon into the. Into oh, the that'd game be too. sweet. Yeah. What would they do? I don't know, but they would be there. Slap Brock in the face. I guess. <laughs> cool. So I'm satisfied I, with that. I had a few more that I was thinking would be really awesome. So we've been talking about Battle Toads um, relaunch lately, <laughs> and I was thinking how awesome uh, the Dark Queen from Battle Toads would be. She's kind of a, a vamped up yeah, woman. Yeah, like she's like one of the first female villains, if not the first female villain. I yeah. think. I always thought she was gorgeous when I was playing it. So I don't know. I think she would be cool. I was thinking uh, Irene from uh, you know, Ninja Gaiden. You know, Irene Liu. She would be really cool. Um, I don't know. So I think there. Are, I think if they do this right, there's uh, oh oh oh. There's also um, from uh, Maniac Mansion. I was thinking. You know, like they have a lot of the the characters from that that would be really awesome. So yeah, I was gonna say Banjo and Kazooie, but there. But I don't mm-hmm. think that they're gonna be able to get any rights to the rare stuff now that Microsoft them the same thing with the battle totes yeah they yeah. also went over to um you know microsoft so i don't know if that would really work yeah 
I don't know. I'm I'm hoping they will up their chance to do uh, women characters in this game that aren't blonde princesses. That would be great. It would be pretty <laughs> great. Yeah. yeah. But Nintendo is so obsessed with blonde women. Get over it, Nintendo. We're not that great. Well, except you know? for Bayonetta. It's true. It's true. Bayonetta signals a change of form in many ways for Nintendo, which is kind of nice. Good on them for publishing that game. Oh, and you'll be able to get your uh, Zero Suit Samus Amiibo soon, too. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I can't that. wait for that. I will absolutely pick that up. I already have my very suit one, and it's very cute. It's the only reason I bought it. <laughs> it's because it's cute. <laughs> and they announced uh, uh, Amiibo for the Yoshi's Woolly World that are actually like plushy Yoshis made out of yarn that look adorable. Oh, oh wow. Oh, I love Yoshi. Yeah. That's like the only Amiibo that I'm really interested in other than... Well, I guess they're also going to have Amiibo for Splatoon that are actually going to unlock like exclusive Ooh. gear and weapons in the game. So that's like the first Amiibo that actually does something. So that might be... Splatoon seems like it's going to be really good, too. Yeah, Splatoon looks really like the next big game that I'm interested in. Just yeah. because it looks like... I don't know if you actually shoot each other in the game or you're just like... Um, just painting up everything. But it looks like a really fun way for me to introduce like, you know, that type of game to my kids in a way that I would, you know, not have to worry about. How many how many votes do you think we'd have to get to get uh, everyone to say one of the Rev 60 characters? <gasps> well, it's not really, a, it's not really, I've, I've had people that have played it, that are telling me um, that they were going to try to, I've, I've had Rev 60 players telling me they were voting for Holiday in there. So. Oh, wow, that would be awesome. I, mm. I think so. I would love to do, um, I'm, I, once I get off this whirlwind tour of uh, media, I'm gonna. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can touch base with Nintendo. I kind of have some ends over uh, at Nintendo of America. I'm gonna see if we can talk about maybe some of our future stuff being on Wii U. So that would be awesome. We'll say, that would make Steve feel so conflicted if you did that. Why? Why? <laughs> because Steve hates Nintendo. Why? He would have to come back. You know, I will get over any of my preconceived notions for any of Bree's games. You know that. I do know that it would be great. I think it would be. I think it would be a great game though to play on the Wii U. Yeah, I do too. I well, do we've, too. I mean, I've been saying that to you even you know way back that it would it would. I mean, I know that it wouldn't necessarily work out with the with the resistive touchscreen and everything. But. Well, it's not so much that it's yeah. uh, the question if Unreal uh, gets supported in a substantive way on on Wii U. Um, you know, that's the biggest question. Is it still it's not? not uh, I think it's a complicated question, and if you don't want me to go into a long diatribe, maybe we'll just pass on that. Then we may right as now. well go into what we're playing this week, then. So yeah, yeah, no, let's do that. So, what are you playing this week, Bree? Oh my God! So, uh, Steve, because I wanted to have a conversation with you about it, I decided to go back through and beat all six of the Mega Man's. Oh wow, all six you beat? Um, I did, I did. Uh, so on this trip, I got through um all of Mega Man one, two, three and four um and i got halfway through five um i think it's really interesting to see the evolution of this series Mega Man really was kind of the original bloodborne yeah <laughs> if you think about it it was it was a very challenging game and um you know without the the 3ds kind of save certain save states um you know this game would be unbeatable for some sections uh so i, I really enjoyed it uh Mega Man one is a lot more buggy oh yeah than i remember and the color scheme is just horrible it's flat out bad. You know, I gave you some pushback a while back talking about how Mega Man 2, I'd read this IGN article that said Mega Man 2 is not as awesome as you remember, and Mega Man 3 is the really great one. Um, I guess having played that, that is 
strongly not true in my opinion. Um, Mega Man Two is drastically better. Not just the music, but the uh, the accessibility. Mega Man Three is so cheap. It, it just it's it's the worst by far of any of them. Uh, Mega Man Four was a bit of a step back towards Mega Man 2, but I'd say if you're going to replay an NES Mega Man, uh, definitely 2 is the best and 4 is the best. Yeah, I, pl- I played 1 and 3 uh, this weekend or over the last couple of days after you talked about that. And because um, I, I mean, I've played 2 enough to know what it is, but yeah. I haven't played 3 in a really long time. And I, what what strikes me about them is that 3 is more kind of even, and I found an article about this that was kind of backing me up on this, but 3 is kind of more like an even difficulty, and 2 has a lot of spikes. Like, the there are some levels that are really kind of smooth going, like the Metal Man is not really a big deal, um, but like the Quick Man stage in Mega Man 2 is, uh, is pretty brutal to get through, where they have that section at the second half where they have the beams coming at you, and, and it's almost, you have to get everything like particularly precise. Well, not if you have the Flashman beam already to just freeze it. Uh, the Flash beam doesn't cover you for the whole sec- for the whole section, though. Like you still have to do some of it for yourself. Yeah, the first yeah. ones are pretty easy. Yeah, but um, I mean, I was playing three last night, and I was getting really, really frustrated because I, I think I picked a bad boss order to begin with, and I got to Shadow Man, and Shadow Man is a cheap so and so. Cheap also and so. Well, because you use top top man's uh, weapon, and the top spin is like the worst weapon in the entire Mega Man series. And then you use it, and you hit him like a, take off like two two uh, like bars, and it drains like half your top because you're you're spinning at him while he's invincible. So it drains your whole top spin while you can't do anything to him, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So I, I was getting really frustrated with Mega Man Three, and uh, but I Mega Man Two is still one of my favorite games of all time. So um, the other game that I really played a lot this week of uh, was Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. And, you know, Manny, I, I've said this before on the show, but I, I, I think about this moment that we first met. And I was talking about, like, we did a panel together and I talked about how I liked Other M. <laughs> and, and now we're friends, Bree. And now we're friends. And, <laughs> no, and how, how problematic I realize that is now. And um, it's you know, okay. I, I was, it's okay. I forgive you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I was thinking about that so much with Shantae and the pirate curse because uh, I'm sure isometric fans know just how much I love women protagonists. And it's like, I want to love this game. Because, like, they have Shantae is a, a very cutely character. Like, she's the animation is gorgeous. Like, she she's she's alive and way forward just has beautiful, lovely animation. But the sexualization of these characters is just it's so. It, it's 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 so teenager. I mean, it, it's even worse than Dark Souls. And like, I was, I was showing Maddie like my new 3DS, uh, and like her boobs will, like they have her boobs coming at you like in 3D on the little screens. And there are all these jokes like about her boob size and like uh, the really? number, like whoever did the art design for this has a boob fetish, like they just do because there are a lot of women characters in the game, gay. 
but they're all inexplicably naked, you know, and it's just, it's, it's really Is uncomfortable. Is really warm, Brie? It's what? It's so Is warm. It really it's warm. very warm. warm. Takes place in the Caribbean. Everybody okay. has to wear a bikini canonically. Right, right. Clothing is optional. But it's like you press down and, you know, Shantae goes into this very cute, um, like aggressive, like I'm ready to pounce posture. But then like she shakes her butt around in a very sexually suggestive way. And it's just like, I want to love this game. It's so charming. But this like sexual cheesecake is just it's it's really confusing to me because i'm going like okay is this a bright cute colorful game for children or is this like a horny game for horny adults like which is it and and i truly don't know playing it and and the the metroidvania gameplay is so amazing that I just, I don't know. It's like, I want to love the series, but I'm so torn on it because I think it's so degrading for no reason. Mm, yeah. Yeah, kind of like Rayman Legends, too. Yeah, actually. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's sad when they do that when there's no purpose to that. Like, it's just, I'm so done with that. Yeah. You know, what? why is it necessary that we have to degrade anyone for a game? Like, isn't there, don't you, there's porn. If you want to watch, look at naked women... You can go on the internet and just look at naked women, and they'll be much more naked. Yeah, let us play our games. <laughs> I I just want to be Shantae, because she's a cute, lovable character. And I don't care that Risky Boots is, like, this over-sexualized villainous. That's fine. But when the camera, like, when her boobs are coming at me in 3D, and, like, you know, her boobs are, like, jiggling up and down for the animation, it's, yeah, Maddie, this is a, a phrase that you introduced me to. It's like telling the player, hey, you're a dude. And it's just like, I want to be this character. I don't want to lust after this character. Well, that's, that's the thing is that it puts women in a really hard position because I want to play a game that I want to have a character that I can play. And so I lean towards the female characters because I'm like, that's great. But then now I have to be this, I have the choice between choosing a male character or I have to choose the female character, but then I'm being degraded while I'm playing this character. And I'm like, that is such a disjoint on what I want out of this game. Yeah. I want strong, I want powerful, I want has like, you know, isn't the one that's always going to be like, you know, having to be rescued constantly. I don't want to be in another castle. I want to actually <laughs> be able to be there and to be active with it. And I think that whenever they do that, it's telling like just women and, and there's nothing wrong with sexy characters. I don't mind that at all. I'd love to be hot and to be cool at the same time. That would be perfect for me. Nothing wrong with that. Well, you but, are hot and cool at the same time. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, that's reality, Georgia. <laughs> Thank you, Bree. Thank you. Thank you. So, Georgia, what are you playing this week? Did you get to play anything in, in Ireland? I'm, I'm just not really. I haven't had a lot of time to even sleep. Um, but I have been playing Rope, which is a really cute puzzle game. And I was finishing my pocket room, too. And... Um, I'll say it. I'll be honest. I I'm uh, at the last level that you can be at Candy Crush Soda and like wow. yeah. seven hundred and twenty. Seven hundred and twenty. Yeah. Wow. That's in Candy Crush and in Candy Crush Soda. I really, uh, you have to take it away from me at some point. <laughs> well, I mean, they'll take it, it away from you when you finish level seven hundred and twenty, and then there's nothing left to do. What, I can't wait uh, to see. Wait till you get to the Candy Crush kill screen. <laughs> right. Whoa. Right. <laughs> They just say someone take away her phone from her. 
So, uh, so Maddie, what are you playing this week? Okay, so I already talked about Bloodborne, and um, I actually spent a lot of time playing StarCraft over the weekend, which definitely Ooh. influenced my talk, which Pre heard, where I yeah. actually I was thinking about like how I started playing StarCraft Two and why I liked it so much, and I I talked about that a little bit. Um, StarCraft Two is still really great. I already talked about it on the show once, and how every time Zach goes and tames his fro, I I play StarCraft in that intervening time. It's a great video game, um, but today uh, I got back. I slept in and then I had a ton of work to do as, I, as I got up and I like didn't play video games all day except for one moment when I just lay on the couch for like an hour and I played Tetris on my new iPhone 6 and it was amazing. Tetris is a great game. And you're finally an Apple person. I Of course, I was always, I was always an <laughs> iPhone person and I already own a MacBook Air. I don't understand why that's not good enough for you people. I own a MacBook Air and I own an iPhone. What more can I do? Is there retina? <laughs> I don't know what you said. I'm not going to ask you to repeat it because it's probably mean. We judge you. Um, anyway, Tetris is great. And it was like this this wonderful opportunity to just turn my brain off completely and just fall into the zone of the blocks. It's so great. It's like one of my favorite iPhone games ever. And I loved it for the Game Boy when I was a kid. It was like what I played on every road trip just eternally. And then I would have dreams about Tetris. Oh, the Tetris dreams. Yeah. yeah. And I love those songs. Still so good. Kobe and Eki or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Russian songs. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Sorry. That was like a super great way to, to relax today. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to go back to the classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Steve? Okay, so um, I got Axiom Verge on Tuesday. I played a little bit of it. I wanted, I'm going to save it for next week after I've gotten more time into it. Um, this is the new Metroidvania indie game that everybody's raving about. So uh, I like it so far, but I haven't played it enough really to give really concrete thoughts about it. But uh, over the weekend, I found... Re- remember when I found Crypt of the Necrodancer and I gushed about it for a really long time? You were mm-hmm. very excited about it. I found the next Crypt of the Necrodancer. Really? So I got on Friday this game called Captain Forever Remix, which is in early access, and it is amazing. Um, it, I was playing it with my oldest, and I actually, this game convinced her to finally learn how to play games with a keyboard and mouse. So the game is, it's a space shooter. It's like, the, the idea is that it's like this girl and she's with her, her brother and the brother wants her to play and she's watching Captain Forever on Saturday morning television. And he's like, well, you know, I really want you to play. She's like, okay, only if I can be the hero. Okay, so they, mm-hmm. you get these blocks that you put together to make a spaceship, like these, these multicolored blocks. And you get guns and boosters and you have to build a spaceship out of them. And then you go and then it's like a roguelike. So you go and then you fight other spaceships. And when you destroy another spaceship, any blocks that you haven't destroyed by shooting at them, you can then put onto your spaceship to, to make it bigger and more powerful. And you can you, Steve, can you build your spaceship how you want? Is this like Lego and spaceships and a video game all together? It, it is. I mean, you have to be kind of careful about it because it's it's got some physics in it. So if That's you so build cool. it like asymmetrical, you'll just start spinning around a lot. So I ended up having to teach my daughter like what symmetry meant and how you had to balance everything. That's brilliant. But it is it is really really a ton of fun and it's got all these little these little uh, you know interstitial sequences between the girl and her brother where like he's written kick he's put a kick me sign on the moon 
And she's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, well, you know, I'm just going to mess things up or whatever. And then at one point he pops up and says, do you want to build a snowman? And she says, you're not funny. And it's but it's like she and I played it like all weekend and we had a ton of fun with it. And I mean, it's in early access, but it's pretty far along. But this is a really, really fun game that both she was able to deal with and, and she doesn't do very well, but she's getting there. But it's got a lot of challenge for 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 uh, like an adult player as well really so yeah it's really 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 good i can't recommend it enough oh that's and it's on it's on pc and mac so you know anyone can play it but i i I really cannot recommend this game enough it's fantastic it looks really cool i love the idea of being modular and you can you have to build your own ship while you go around and that feeling of gathering things and becoming more powerful i love that feeling yeah, there's something of a time limit on it, so it's like you can't really like you know just go like Minecraft or like build whatever you want. Like you have to do it in a certain amount of time because there's going to be ships shooting at you pretty soon. But it's uh you know it it's it's kind of got that almost like you remember Rampart? Yeah, I love Rampart. I loved Rampart. It reminds me of Rampart because Rampart oh. was a game where you had to like fill, fit Tetris pieces into a wall and then fit your your guns in and then you would shoot and then it would go back and forth between those things and i loved rampart too and it reminds me of rampart a little bit and and the strategy was always to try to just shoot so you had the one square spots cuz they were so hard to get yeah this uh, is this i think you'll <laughs> love this game george i really do okay. i think you'll well, love it well it's like rampart my my husband and i used to play rampart until we were, were like disgusted by it, and we had like the strategy for every Whoa. single level. Wow! Whoa! How do you play a game so much? You're like, oh, oh, oh! You disgust oh, yeah. me. We would we would play. We were insanely evil to each other. We would we would like like grab the other person's controllers so they couldn't put enough pieces. Stick a piece where they shouldn't. He'd press the button to press to place a piece where I shouldn't put it, and then. You just try to shoot so that you're not shooting whole places. You just shoot one little square, one unit. Wow. It's evil. So uh. it started early is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Your whole gaming ethos. You, and I they're mean, still married, so, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all right. Great. That game disgusts me. <laughs> I can't understand you, Disgusting. Georgia, but I'm, I'm still glad I know you. Dick. All right, so we should, we should probably wrap up. I just want to say we're recording this on Thursday, August 2nd, which is World Autism Awareness Day. So um, I, we talked about you know autism and gaming a while back on episode 29. I have a post that I put up on my blog that kind of uh, has a link to that and some other things that I've, I've talked about and written about with autism that if you're interested, you should go check out. Um, you know, obviously that's a that's a cause that's really, you know, close to my heart. And there was also a really uh, good article on Polygon this week about what what gaming gets wrong about autism and what it gets right. Um, and some games that have examples of that that's really worth. There's not really a whole lot to talk about that we haven't talked about already, but it's worth talking about uh, reading that. So you should go check that out as well. Uh, as far as any other housekeeping, Georgia, you're speaking at NS North at the end of the month if people want to see you there. Yeah, it'll be on the 10th and the 12th of oh. April. So it's soon. Oh, wow. So that's like so, next yeah. week. Okay. And it's going to be at the Shadow Montebello in um, Ottawa, really close to Montreal. It's going to be fabulous. You can bring your kids and uh, it should be nice. So I'll be doing the keynote. Okay. Oh, wow. wow. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're lucky to have you. <laughs> Uh-huh. I will Thank show you. up in beatbox as you're coming oh, on stage. I'm don't willing even say to do that, that, but then I'll be so sad if you don't. Would you do that? Yeah. Okay. I got nothing to do. Awesome. Uh, I just wanted to add one more thing uh, to housekeeping. I am going to be speaking at Columbia College next week. So, oh, uh, wonderful. Be awesome. sure to look for that. And um, 
You can go. I'm, I'm doing a lot of speaking engagements. Uh, so the best way to go kind of see where I'm going to be, what's going on, is to um, go to briannawu.net, which I made with Squarespace. And we now have a, a whole calendar on there. So um, I've been speaking a lot of colleges lately. Um, I am confirmed for AltConf. Like, you know, I'm out and about if you want to meet me. Like, there's easy. It's an achievable life dream. So... <laughs> So go support, go support Bree. So as always, you can uh, rate the rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Uh, you can find the show notes uh, for the last time this week at five by five TV slash isometric or anytime at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can email us your feedback at feedback at isometricshow.com. And you can follow all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at isometric show. I am at wicked good and Bree, where can people find you on the Twitter machine? You can see me hiding under a rock. If you go under that rock, I will be at the username Space Cat Gal. Bree, you are doing many things on Twitter. None of them are hiding underneath the rock. <laughs> uh, and Maddie, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Samus Clone. And Georgia? It is at Georgia underscore Dow. So uh, thank you, as always, for listening. And we will catch you next week for our uh, 50th episode. So thank you very much. Have a good one. Yeah. Crack a lick